5 in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Good morning. It's Friday, so that can only mean one thing. It's 5 in the eye day on Call for Radio. This is me, Michael O'Hujuru, welcoming you to episode 0316 of our weekly news review show. And this is Phil Woodford joining Michael via Zoom this week and revealing that our top story is going to be the COVID pandemic. Um, cases did take an unexpected plunge in the past week or two. They started going up again just slightly. How positive can we be? And what about the government's suggestion that we might need to show vaccine passports for clubs, football matches, or even to attend university? Five in the eye. Point number two this week is the pronouncements of Prime Minister Boris Johnson about crime, clearly designed to excite Tory supporters. He once, to, he once named police officers for crime victims, something Labour, Labour leader Keir Steimer has denounced as a gimmick. And he also is in favour of chain, ga- it, chain gangs of criminals working in the street in high-vis jackets. You can't make this up, Phil. You can't. And there's a woman in southwest London was quizzed by cops over a large cash withdrawal to buy a car. We ask whether banks are becoming a bit too nosy about what we do with our own money. That's story number three today. Story number four is the exciting the exciting new landmark in the heart of London, or perhaps not. I've seen this now famous mound of marble arch at first hand and can confirm that it's somewhat underwhelming. And finally this week, if you feel like ordering a plate of chips, we wouldn't recommend travelling to the Serendipity 3 restaurant in Manhattan. The gold-plated snack will set you back, wait for it, $200. <laughs> in Abbeywood, you can pick up a portion of fish and chips for that half that price. <laughs> What's the world coming to? And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. Okay, we're going to start this week um, with a, a familiar topic, but there's always new angles on it, coronavirus. And um, we did surprisingly see... Uh, totals of new cases coming down in um, the last um, 10 days or so um, started to uh, tick up again because maybe we're starting to feel the effects of that opening up on July 19th. But clearly, it's not completely um, obvious and clear cut exactly which way this pandemic will go. The hope is that with uh, the vaccine program, more and more people having their second jabs, that um, the environment will be less hospitable to this uh, rather horrible Delta variant. There's another issue that is kind of rearing its head in the in 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 recent times quite quite a lot in the press, which is the idea of having a passport. And you know this has come up at various points during the pandemic. But now it seems to be a bit of a reality. Senior Tory politicians are talking about us needing a passport to go to a nightclub, uh, maybe to go to a football match, um, other big public events, maybe to go back to university and so on. And um, this raises issues, I guess, about uh, fairness, uh, the big brother state and, and all of those kind of things, Michael. I mean, do you think passports are the way forward? Is this just common sense in the face of of COVID, or can, can you understand people's objections to them? Let me offer. I can't understand the objections. You know, I've seen people calling this this is Beijing style government, communism style government, dictatorship, but it's just pragmatic. It's just realistic. 
you only have to look at the statistics, the benefits of the vaccine, how it, it's controlling the spread of, the, of, of the, the pandemic. And it just makes practical sense. And these people you know, who say, I don't want to be dictated by the government. You know, you're right. You don't want to be dictated by the government. Go and ask friends. Go and talk to doctors. Go and talk to trusted people you trust and respect. People who, people who you believe understand what's going on in society. And I would believe you'll find out that the vast majority will say the right thing to do is get the, get the jab. You know, because, Phil, I think this, is, this, this thing is not going to go away. This thing, this is going to be the new flu, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be there in the background, isn't it? And we, what we hope is that eventually we'll have enough people vaccinated that it's not going to be causing serious illness for many people. It will only be for uh, a relatively small number. And, and, you know, there might be people who still, you know, sadly end up dying from it in a year's time or two years' time, but we hope many, many less. But um, I suppose with the with the passports... There is, um, there, there are some strange anomalies, aren't there, Michael? Which would be, um, some people are double vaccinated already. They are now because they're older. Other younger people are not. Okay, you could argue it's only going to be a couple of months before they're vaccinated too. How much of it, though, is about using the passports not to control COVID, but to encourage vaccination to say to youngsters particularly and there's a proportion of them who might be reticent about it to say look you if you want to get into a club if you want to go to a football game you, you're going to need this i'd like to pop up a level right let's talk let's come back to the to get into a put the club or the football match i'm talking about not getting into intensive care you know right now every my partner and i have proof that this thing works because Ebu tested positive sadly for COVID last week, and we're in isolation now. And she's she's been feeling a bit poorly, not not, not best, not at best, bit of a headache, a bit fluey. But what, we know we haven't been, been we've been checking her oxygen level, temperature daily. We're not going to hospital. We're not going to hospital. And we've been, this is the, this is the vaccine in action because we've both been vaccinated. Mm. So it just it makes. It makes perfect sense for us older people. And then when you're into the younger people, when you see the number of younger people on the wards now, and particularly the, the number who've not been vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Not been vaccinated. Okay, I'm not going to lecture. You're not going to lecture to young people now. You've got to do it because look at the figures. That's not the point. You've got to talk to your, you've got to talk to those people you trust. As I said earlier, people you value, their opinion, and talk to your doctor. Talk to nurses and, and and see what they say. And you're going to say they'll be well. This nurse is saying X. We'll talk to a couple of nurses, you know, because there's, there's there are views on this. And I will I will guarantee this: the majority, the majority will say, get that vaccine, have yeah, that vaccination. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I, mean, I I actually think you know it's not that young people are particularly anti-vaccine. It's obviously that um, you know. COVID has affected younger people differently from older people. Um, the, 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 the reality is that, you know, from the start of the pandemic, uh, older people were many, many more times likely to get ill from the bug. But, you know, there are big... There no, are sorry, big sorry, sorry. Not, 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 not just ill, but die. Well, yes, absolutely. Just, you know, yeah. Dunstan and the over 80s. Remember you said the over yeah, 80s? Yeah. Well, it doesn't really matter if they go. You know, it's... it's uh, 
Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, the, uh, before the vaccine, there was a huge, there was this huge, uh, huge discrepancy between, uh, you know, how the virus affected people young and old. But we've come to know about more things like, uh, you know, like long COVID, for instance. And there's evidence that young people can contract long COVID. Um, and this is something that could debilitate them uh, for many, many years, you know, if not forever. So um, I, I, I would share your view, Michael, that it's really important that, uh, younger people get the jab, but also that we build up that herd immunity. We work towards that general herd immunity on COVID. Well, can you take one of my takeaways, or one, 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 two of my takeaways from, the, from, from, from this experience, having been in isolation now with, with, with my partner here? First, I'm almost a professional now doing a lateral flow test. <laughs> and I think I'm not alone in that. But this is something that's going to become the new norm. That every couple of days you do a lateral flow test to see if everything's in order, particularly if you've got, you know, feeling a bit flu, you've got a bit of a cough. And the second thing, Phil, I put this to you, and I'm guilty of this back in the day. If you were ill, if you felt a bit flu, a bit down, you turned up to work anyway, because that's yeah. what we did. You match your man. I'm here. Yeah. The fact that I'm at death's door is irrelevant. I'm here. Now, I think, whoa. There's consequences of me being here. I'm spreading whatever I've got. So I'm thinking that I'm, I, I think it's going to be a positive thing that people will now they'll stay at home and because there's other ways of working. There's other ways of working. So you know there is an upside to this thing. There is an upside for us going forward. Before we leave the topic, I mean, what's what's your feeling now? We we saw the we saw the cases tumble quite dramatically, almost unexpectedly. They started to to tick up again, um, but we haven't, you know. Thankfully, we didn't we didn't seem to go immediately from the the fifty thousand up towards the hundred thousand. There was a downward dip, and some this gave people a bit bit more of a positive feel about where we're heading. What's your gut instinct, Michael? Do you think that maybe by the autumn we might be more on top of this? Well, can I park my gut instinct now, Phil? I just I I, I listened to experts, Ferguson, Ferguson from the LSC Imperial Bob, College, King, Imperial, King's yeah, College. yeah, it was Imperial King's College. Well, the London, he, he's he's saying this is a good sign that we may be nearing the end. But Phil, let me be upfront. When we say the end, the end for who? For us in the, the, the vaccined West, what about the unvaccinated? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we talk to our South, we, we, we talk to our um, majority. We talked to our South African bureau chief Temba the other week, didn't we, about the way in which in South Africa, where only about three percent of the population is vaccinated, this Delta is an absolute nightmare. So, um, we, yeah, we 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 are very privileged in that respect. Five in the eye. Story number two this week. This is, you know, I really can't believe what we're doing. This. This is Johnson with his new crime, approach to crime, crime in the country. And amongst other things, there's two that struck to me. One, high-vis chain gangs. People who've, who've done something wrong in society are going to be put on these high-visibly chain gangs to clean up graffiti or canals and that kind of thing. And he's giving priests the powers for the stop and search. And this is this, I'm sorry, Phil, this is him talking to his base. Because even the police are thinking this is just gimmicky. You're just, you're just making this up on the hoof as you go along, you know, mm. saying nice things to your people. 
the idea of the idea of chain gangs and, and what they signify in terms of particularly for black people. Yeah, of course. In terms of chain gang, I'm reminded of I chain gangs you see in the southern states of America. I mean, and, to be. To, to be fair no, to the I'm government, gonna... to, be, to be fair to the government, and I don't like being fair to them, but I'm going to be, Michael, isn't chain gang the description attached to it by the media? I mean, and, and couldn't, you, couldn't, you argue, couldn't you argue that actually what the government's saying is that people who have committed crimes should make some reparation no, 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 in the community no, no, for those, for those no, crimes? No, and, we, we, and a lot of people would say, well, that's fair enough. We're looking at groups of young, young people, young people with, with high vis back. Johnson actually posed with this for for because it was part of his mayor campaign, pay back London on their back as they cleaned off graffiti. So we, we can walk past these people and not say yes, they're paying back. Okay, you may think the cha- use of the chain uh, metaphor is inappropriate, but Phil, I'm sorry, they're all the high visibility jackets with pay back London on. They are chained together. They are to, they are as one. This is just this is the this is the twenty first century. We treat each other differently. We do. We respect each other. And this idea of bringing back stop and search with with its terrible history, which disproportionately attacks on on the black and black and minority Asian people. Just well, yeah, myself. because because Theresa May Theresa May made it harder. Uh, for the police to use these stop and search powers. Pretty Patel temporarily made it easier. And now that is going to be made permanent. And we, I mean, we do know that stop and search, as you've rightly said, hugely disproportionately targets the black community and young black men, particularly. We also know that historically in the UK, it has been a precursor to a lot of uh, uh, civil unrest and, and, uh, and, and violence because of the perceived oppression of particular communities. Why would we want to continue down that road when we know the history, when we know the history of it, it seems to me that it plays to a particular audience, doesn't it? And it's the people who Johnson knows are his kind of staple supporters, the, the 40% that we've talked about before. That, this is who it's all aimed at. I mean, I went, when he talks about these chain gangs, I mean, I don't believe I'm ever going to see one of these chain gangs. I don't believe it's ever going to actually exist. It's an announcement, uh, you know, one of his many kind of whims that, you know, he, he he's going to get a couple of days of publicity about, isn't it? What can I say for... Yeah, exactly, because he's a publicist. He's a publicist. He's bigger up Johnson and the fact that he's listening to the people. He's listening to people. And that's what people want. Well, can I say, when you say people, you want to define what you mean by people here. Because that, that, that it just seems nonsense in this day and age that, that, that we resort to these crude, you know, tagging people or, or putting one of the things you want to this is this bugging for alcohol. You can you can test now with if you, you had alcohol and report back, report on you. You know, I'm all for containing criminals. Let's do that. But but, but let's try and do a bit of reform at the same time. The, the chap from Simpsons, whose name escapes me, and apologies for that. Timson, um, the shoe repair people, he actively employs ex-criminals. He's doing something. And he made he yeah. was making the point that, yes, these, these, these are all well and good, these things, but are they productive in terms of stopping people committing crimes? What are you doing actively to help these people? 
Yeah, yeah I mean, Timpsons is a Timpsons is a is a great example. I mean, I used to be on the board of a charity that was uh, aiming to get offenders um, back into employment very, very hard. Very few employers were interested. Um, so um, respect to Timpsons for what they're able to do in that regard. Well, exactly. And, and Johnson, I'm sorry, you know, as you say, Phil, this is probably never going to happen. But it, 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 it's optics, it's publicity for the day. Move on. Nothing going on here. Five in the eye. Story number three is about a 70-year-old lady called jo- Joanna Druitt. And she did draw it because she went into the to the bank to draw out um, some uh, money to buy a car. And this was about three and a half grand. Um, went into the Halifax. Before she knew it, she was being questioned by police about what she was going to be doing with the money. Now, this might have been well-intentioned, Michael, because I believe you, as a, as a, a rather frail elderly person have been challenged on this kind of question yourself you're telling me offline is that right that they might that that the bank's concerned about maybe someone ripping you off or something like this i I, I once bought a i went to buy a car for cash because you can always do a deal for cash always do a deal people like cash i wanted to draw it out and i didn't realize that the bank didn't have to i had to book the cash i had to book the cash because because believe it or not Banks do not have a, ca- a lot of cash. Mm. Maybe I'll have a couple of thousand, you know. So if you don't have any more than a couple of thousand, there's a problem. You have to tell them. So I told them. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, Michael, asking for 50, I mean, that was It wasn't 50. It was, it was a, bit more, a bit more than a couple of thousand. But what was interesting was the intensity, the way they act, the way they asked me, in terms of, um, is everything Okay. Is this all right? Do you need any help with this? And they were, they're thinking some con artist has maybe come up to you and and and, and maybe persuaded you that you, you you need to buy this dodgy car or you need your roof fixing or something like that. And exactly. you've been instructed to go down and get the money. I got that sense that they were it was done solicitously, if that's the right word. They seem to be concerned that that I was doing this maybe under threat. Maybe there's some hostage situation. Maybe there was something going on. And I had to explain to her, no, it's okay. I'm just going to buy a car. So mm. I can understand that, that that lady, that old lady, won't be a little concerned in terms of, Are you t- this is my money. I want it now. Yeah, I know. But, but this, is, is, this is quite interesting, isn't it? Because it is our money. And yet it's being policed. And I mean, I've even seen, I mean, Mrs. W's had the experience of going into a bank trying to deposit cash, right? So this is the other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, being question, and being questioned about it. And, um, and the, if the, there's something suspicious about it. I mean, what's happened is in the pandemic, my elderly parents and Mrs. W's elderly dad, they've got us to pay bills for them online. And they've given us cash in return. And then we want to pay the cash into the bank. And then suddenly it looks suspicious. Where's this money come from? Well, you know, it's perfectly legit. Cash, I'm sorry, Phil. Cash now is old, literally old school. And dare I say, full of germs. 
<laughs> so we can now use the contactless payment. Let me challenge you, Phil. When was the last time you paid for something by cash? Just uh, no, when I say cash, a, a, a five or a tenner. You know, your three and no, I was say three and six. I'm showing my age there. I know. 15 I mean, I don't. I you know, I, I I do use cash, but not a great deal. I sometimes I sometimes give a tip in a cafe or a restaurant in cash because I think it's more likely to go to the to the waitress oh, or good, that, that kind of thing. That's, that's a good point. So you you actually have cash. So you draw money out oh. to give away then? For, just a little. I like to be holding a little bit of folding, you know, just just holding a little bit of a little, what Arthur Daly used to call walking around money. Yeah, well, I like a little bit of that. Because back in the day, you had, you had, when I was when young thrusting salesman, we used to have enough. You have to have enough cash to pay for a meal of four. Because if you didn't, then you had to pay for the meal. You know, back in the day, cash was cash was king. But I think we've moved on now. Cash is. For most people, am I speaking for the? You know, it's just it's just too difficult now. Back, back then, Michael, a five pound note was probably the same size as the dinner mat, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you for that. Phil. Thank you for that. But coming back to this, you know, the fact that the government, the banks are looking after us when when we bring cash to them and when we bring cash away from them. You know, I'm just I, I can see both sides. You know, it makes sense. Phil, it does. You know, in terms of you know where to get this money from. But equally, who are you giving this money to? We're here to protect you. We're on your side. So no, I'm, 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 I hate to, well, I'm not, I hate to say this. So I'm with the banks. Thank you for looking after us. Five in the eye. Story number four this week is about something I saw and I was shocked. I was, I was going to see if so I was doing something in um, Notting Hill Gate. I was driving to London and I saw this thing at Marble Arch and it was just. A green building this green mound and it wasn't finished at the time and I took a photograph of it and I shared it with friends and said what is this a knife a knife I now found out find out that it's the mound of marble arch this is a hill not a hill that they're building a, a, I'm gonna say ultimately it'll be a lovely looking grassed and treed hill by Marble Arch, but right now it just looks a bit of a mess. 180 odd steps up to this, is it 300, 400 foot mound? So you've got this view of London. And I'm thinking, okay, sorry for this, who wants the view of London? But apparently a lot of people do. They, 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 um, they, they, they've been up it. But Westminster Council, who paid two million pounds for this thing, have been slated. In fact, they're giving the money back and say, come back in August when it really is complete. Phil, this is a piece of... Is it going to be, but why is it going to be better in August? No, because the trees have grown. This is what we used to call an, a SOGI, S-O-G-I, a senior officer's good idea. It is a good idea. We'll build this little <laughs> hill here, we'll I mean, populate it with trees, and they'll look lovely. And you go up there and you can look across and there'll be a cafe. And nonsense, failure. I mean, what 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 I really dislike about it is that you know this is a historic part of London. Uh, you know, right, Marble Arch itself is a bit of history. You've got those streets leading off. You know, um, you you can go you can go off down Oxford Street. You can go off down the Edgware Road. These are historic streets of London, and we're putting up something that looks incredibly um, artificial 
um, and contrived uh, it, it, amid stuff that fits naturally into the environment. It's not high enough to give you a really good view of anything. You know, if you want a really good view, go up the Shard. If you want a view of London, you know, not go up the Mound. But, but, but the what, Shard, it, what, what are we what are we thinking of here? Exactly. The Shard, you can almost, you can almost see the curvature of the earth of the Shard. It's so big. This thing, this thing is pure. Oh, well, the, earth's ra- the Earth's round, is it? <laughs> Oh, steady, Phil. Steady. This is pure hubris here. This is people who want to see a view of London. I'm minded of, you know, the Chinese emperor. Next to the Forbidden City in Beijing is a hill, Coal Hill, it's, I think it's called. I've, I've been on it. And it was the emperor, because Peking was so sad, so flat, he said, I want a hill so I can look across the city. And it just seems a gross indulgence. Having said that, maybe once it's kind of, it's growing and the trees are there and it's a bit greener. But right now it just looks gross. And when you look at these, when you hear these reports, particularly on Facebook and elsewhere, no, it's not, you know, you should keep it under wraps, come back in, let it grow a little bit and then launch it. But right now, I'm minded of um, the, um, the dome. You never recover from that bad publicity on the first night. You know, it's so oh, sure, but I mean, the do- the dome mm. eventually was turned in. The dome eventually was turned into something vaguely useful. But well, I mean, to change its I name and see, give it to somebody I, else. I can't see, I, yeah, but I can't see. I can't see the mound ever falling into that category. Um, no, I mean, I, I it, it ranks with me with, alongside those kind of ra- ra- rather awful Christmas fairs that people set oh, up, where the, where, where <laughs> the reindeer where the reindeer turn out to be donkeys with fake antlers and things. That, that that's oh, the impression it gives to me. One of the one of the wags on um, Twitter says it reminded him of the Teletubbies, the Teletubbies, like those mouths on the telly. and it does. So once you've seen that image, you know it's a bit like you can't get out of your mind. This does not augur good for the future of the mound in Marble Arch. Five in the eye. Finally, this week we all love a plate of chips, don't we? Um, but if you were going to order a plate of chips, you wouldn't want it to cost. $200. And that's the price attached to it in a restaurant called Serendipity 3 in Manhattan, New York. And why does it cost so much? Because it's got a lot of gold dust thrown on the top of it, Michael, you know, the, the, the usual kind of gold plating of the of, of the chips, as well as some, you know, particular techniques in, in terms of the frying and the cooking in champagne and all the rest of it. Oh, did you say the usual gold plating of chips? What planet are you on? The usual gold plate. You, 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 don't, you don't get that in Abbey Wood. No, no, I'm minded of back in the day when all these the, the doctors would, would crush pearls and and um, gold together to create these, these, these medicines that would cure you of anything. Mm-hmm. So by virtue of the fact these things are precious, they take on a new value of their own. So when you eat them, you get some of the benefits of the wealth. Phil, I've got news for you. Uh-uh, it's not true. Gold does not cure things. Equally, what does gold taste like? I've no idea, and I don't want to know. It's probably not good for your constitution, I would have thought. I'm, exactly. I mean, I, I, if having t- said that, Phil, I'd go around collecting yours if you did it. I mean, there could be money in it. There could be money in it. But, I mean, $200, you know, I'm a fast eater. I mean, I, I would I would worry that that $200 could be gone in next to no time. No, but I'll be around your put- toilets. I'll be around to your toilet, definitely. I'll be- what what about ketchup? Would you have ketchup with these chips? Do you think? Oh, 
I got to say, you probably don't have to to give them some favor. You know, the, the fact that the fact that you've got these chips, Phil, it's begging you can have something else with them. You, come on, you can't just have chips on their own. Well, maybe you could have a burger because um, um, we noticed that the, the Sun newspaper was also talking about five thousand five thousand euro burger being produced on the continent. I'm confused um, here, Phil. I'm confused here. We've got a, a euro burger. And the dollar chips. Mm. There's a dis. There's, there's an Atlantic <laughs> ocean in the in the middle here. What's going on? Well, I know. I mean, the burger would be cold by the time you got it over to eat the chips, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This is. I'm, I'm minded of the the app, and I've shared this with you before. The app on Apple that, that, that lasted about five seconds. When it was, it was five thousand dollars to buy the app that says you've just bought an app for five thousand dollars. That was the app. Yeah. This, this kind of, you buy it because of well, the value in it, because I can. Isn't that uh, the principle of Bitcoin as well, Michael? But you were happy to buy that. Oh, <laughs> no, Bitcoin, no. no this, this is not an investment recommendation, but Bitcoin is, is going up. It's been up these last few days. So who knows? Eat Bitcoin, eat Bitcoin chips, Bitcoin burgers. Who knows? Live in the eye. Well, I guess we've had our chips for this week. That's episode 0316, served up on a plate with a sprinkling of gold dust. We hope you enjoy the show. Sprinkling of gold dust. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to go there. If you want to get in touch with us, please do visit our Facebook page. We post up stories we think are interesting and then select the very best ones for next week's episode. And do join us again from the same time here on Cove Radio for now. This is me, Michael Ojuru, saying, if you have been, thanks for listening. And this is Phil Woodford reminding you to keep an eye on the news as you never know what we'll be discussing on next week's Five in the Eye. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?